Welcome to Red Spark Radio. In case this is your first time checking out the show, I just want to give you a brief rundown of what Red Spark is and what the aims of this audio project are. Red Spark is a website that compiles news and stories regarding revolutionary movements, national independence struggles, and the ongoing war against imperialism and capitalism from across the globe. Red Spark Radio is simply an audio version of some of the biggest stories from the site, released bi-weekly, with the aims of making Red Spark more accessible to comrades who prefer an audio format. We'll be covering the people's wars in India and the Philippines, national liberation struggles in Palestine, and proletarian movements from other areas of the globe. There's a rich history concerning all of these movements and struggles, and Red Spark Radio is really just scratching the surface. I strongly encourage listeners to go beyond the headlines, which you can do so by checking out the Red Spark website or by checking out Foreign Languages Press, which has a fantastic selection of low-cost books, free PDFs, and even free audiobooks that really delve into the theory, history, and ideology behind the movements we'll be covering here. You can find a link to the Red Spark site and Foreign Languages Press in the episode description. So without further ado, let's get to the headlines from the last two weeks of September. Remarks by the CPP on some important issues of the past week. Marco Valbuena, Chief Information Officer, Communist Party of the Philippines, September 17, 2023. Here are some brief remarks on some important national and international issues over the past week. On Marcos, quote, rebranding, unquote. The Department of Education's order to revise elementary books and curriculum to remove the name Marcos from the phrase Marcos dictatorship to describe the period under martial law is a brazen attempt to dissociate the Marcos's name from the dark and tyrannical days of corruption, subservience, and brutal repression. The Filipino people must not allow this to happen and continue to fight attempts at revising history and covering up how tens of thousands of people became victims of Marcos's fascist brutality. The Marcos regime's campaign of rebranding using the empty tag like Bagang Pilipinas, as a pathetic attempt at covering up the ulcers of corruption, poverty, hunger, and other social ills of the decrepit, semi-colonial, and semi-feudal system with a band-aid. It is a gross outrage that while the majority of the Filipino people suffer from high prices, low wages, joblessness, and economic dispossession, Marcos and his ilk pocket billions of pesos in secret funds and kickbacks from infrastructure projects and military spending while indulging in jet-setting and high living. On push for additional U.S. military bases. The Communist Party of the Philippines, or CPP, and all patriotic and revolutionary forces in the Philippines vigorously opposed proposals to establish more U.S. military bases in the Philippines, in addition to nine sites already at different states of construction and operation. This plan only serves the interests of the U.S. to strengthen its control of the Philippines as a military stronghold. Claims that plans to further increase the number of military bases will serve the purposes of training and humanitarian response is pure hogwash. The Filipino people are acutely aware and critical of the fact that these U.S. military bases form part of the U.S. geopolitical strategy of containing China and serve the purpose of war preparations and provocations against its imperialist rival. On Failure of SIM Card Registration The SIM card registration is a system of mass surveillance serving the purposes of the fascist state. It clearly violates people's privacy rights and other basic civil rights. Having been compelled to surrender their private information, the law has made people ever more vulnerable to electronic scams. The SIM card registration law has been proven a total failure in its promise to eliminate texts and cyber scams amid reports of rising number of such cases since the law was enforced around a year ago. 
In fact, as is the experience in other countries, the SIM card registration law has only generated all sorts of illicit activity, including identity theft, and selling of pre-registered SIM cards. The absurdity of the SIM card registration system was further underscored after the National Bureau of Investigation said they were able to register SIM cards using false information and images of a monkey or cartoon character. Even from the point of view of enforcing the SIM registration law, the entire database containing information about SIM card users is tainted and unusable. It should be securely deleted together with the entire law. On Congressional Deliberations on Marcos's 2024 Budget over the past weeks, congressional deliberations on the 2024 budget of Marcos clearly exposes that the ruling regime is anti-people and engaged in large-scale corruption. Marcos's proposed budget shows that under his regime, the needs and welfare of the people are less important with neoliberal cuts on public spending for education, health, and other social services, while allotting more money for debt payments, spending for military and police, and infrastructure projects. Corruption is being carried out brazenly with billions upon billions of pesos allotted for so-called confidential and intelligence funds, especially for the top two officials, Marcos himself, and the overly ambitious Sarah Duterte. Acting with a high sense of privilege of a rich brat, Duterte's defense of her secret funds is utterly reprehensible, especially from the point of view of the majority of the Filipino people who every day suffer from high prices and low wages, joblessness, and economic dispossession. On Marcos's claim that technology is key to overcome the rice problem. Marcos falsely claims that the new agricultural technologies are the key to address the problem of rice supply and prices. In truth, the biggest reason behind backward rice production in the Philippines is landlessness of Pele farmers. Any effort to introduce technology amid prevalent tendency in rice lands will fail and only lead to widespread indebtedness and further concentration of land in the hands of a few landlords. Marcos is merely taking advantage of the current rice debacle to pitch the use of rice varieties being developed with funds provided by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to the Philippine Rice Research Institution, or PhilRice, and the Mariano Marcos State University, or MMSU. Using these rice varieties, specifically the so-called golden rice, will require inputs that will impose a great burden on Palai farmers in much the same way that Masagana 99 of the martial law regime left hundreds of thousands of peasant families deep in debt. The Gates Foundation, far from its humanitarian PR hype, is one of the world's biggest pushers of genetically modified agricultural crops to take over large swaths of the agricultural land. It connives with the World Bank in pushing agricultural business models, enabling the business of agriculture, to facilitate the transfer of land control to big corporations in the name of economies of scale to the detriment of peasants. On Kim Jong-un's visit to Russia, the CPP extends revolutionary felicitations to Chairman Kim Jong-un, head of the Korean Workers' Party, on the occasion of his visit to the Russian Federation over the past few days. We view the visit as part of the growing number of countries standing up to U.S. imperialism and fighting to defend national sovereignty, which intersects with heightening rivalries between the biggest imperialist powers. We anticipate the visit to strengthen the determination of the people of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, or the DPRK, to defend their land and advance their country's cause of freedom and socialism. NPA, honor Ka Rochelle May Palong and all revolutionary martyrs. Estrella Banagbanag, spokesperson, NPA Southeast Negros, Rochelle May Palong Command, Negros Island Regional Operational Command, New People's Army. September 18, 2023. Today we remember Rochelle May, 
or Ka Hannah Palong, a red fighter, journalist, and nurse of the masses who gave the biggest sacrifice of laying her life for the interests and welfare of the Filipino people. Ka Hannah was a Horse Day combat with two other comrades, Jerry Ka Reagan, Kabungkog, and Federico Ka Val, Vialangha, when they were killed by the 79th Infantry Battalion and elements of the CAFGU that attacked their camp on September 18, 2008, in the mountain border of Dawin in Zamboanguita, Negros Oriental Province. Rochelle May Palong was May May to her close friends. Before choosing the arduous path of armed revolution, May May was a student leader, a campus journalist, vice president of the Visayas chapter of the College Editors Guild of the Philippines, CEGP, a licensed nurse, and even passed the national medical admission test. But being an academic achiever and activist in the legal democratic movement were somehow lacking for her. She yearned to go beyond the standards of bourgeois society that repressed her critical thinking and rebuked her eagerness to serve the people. In her eyes, her knowledge and skills that she was privileged to have should be used for the poor who most need it, particularly the peasantry. Despite her difficulties and sacrifices, away from the luxury she was born with, May May committed to become a full-time Red Fighter of the Mount Talinas Command, now known as Rochelle May Palong Command in Southeast Negros. Kahana's life is a constant reminder that the only way for the Filipino people to achieve genuine liberation and democracy is through treading the path of revolution. Her legacy dares the youth to get out of the enclosure that is the status quo and challenge the increasingly violent and rotting semi-colonial and semi-feudal society. For her fellow youth to remember and honor Kahana, they must continue her legacy by dauntlessly overcoming the necessary sacrifices and difficulties in waging the people's war. The Rochelle May Palong Command, New People's Army of the Southeast Negros Guerrilla Front, or RMPC-NPA, call on the revolutionary forces, the masses and allies, and the sectors in the urban areas, particularly the youth and students, to emulate the daring and devotion of Kahana. We must fear no sacrifice and muster our collective strength to advance the revolution that is mainly waged here in the countryside. Following the footsteps of our martyrs like Rochelle May Palong, amid the worsening humanitarian and socioeconomic crisis on Negros Island, we remember. The revolution requires sacrifice, but it is precisely sacrifice that molds genuine revolutionaries, tempered by experience and struggle, who are able to withstand and overcome the worst of fascists and imperialists to fight for liberation and democracy. CPP's Statement on 51st Anniversary of Declaration of Martial Law under Marcos Sr. Marco Valbuena, Chief Information Officer, Communist Party of the Philippines, September 21, 2023. The Communist Party of the Philippines, or CPP, joins the Filipino people in marking today the 51st anniversary of martial law amid worsening economic crisis, subservience to foreign powers, state terrorism, and political repression under the dictator's son, Ferdinand Marcos Jr., more than ever, the Filipino people, especially the downtrodden masses of workers, peasants, and other toiling people, must muster the courage and strength to unite and fight the anti-people, anti-democratic, anti-national U.S. Marcos regime. The return of the Marcoses to political power through sheer fraud and chicanery exposes the gross deterioration of the moribund semi-colonial and semi-feudal system. Just like during the time of his father, political power today is increasingly being monopolized and centralized in the hands of Marcos Jr., Congress is a veritable Marcos rubber stamp. The Supreme Court and other courts are slowly removing legal impediments for the Marcoses to recover their billions of pesos of legal wealth. Corruption under Marcos Jr. has become increasingly barefaced with the plan to build the Maralika Investment Fund, in which Marcos can funnel 500 billion pesos in public funds to favored cronies, with hundreds of billions of pesos being allotted to infrastructure projects that line up their pockets with kickbacks, billions of pesos of confidential and intelligence funds, 
large-scale smuggling of rice and other commodities, and so on. In just over one year in power, Marcos's reign is characterized by heightening state terrorism, employing dirty and dark tactics to silence critics, and attack organizations and people who oppose the anti-people and oppressive projects and programs. Marcos's military forces continue to carry out large-scale combat operations, psychological warfare, aerial bombing, shelling, and hamleting of communities, resulting in gross violations of human rights and international humanitarian law. Marcos is displaying utter subservience to U.S. imperialism, allowing it to establish military bases and fortify its presence in the Philippines in violation of the country's sovereignty. Marcos is allowing the U.S. to use the Philippines as a springboard for its geopolitical strategy of containing and encircling China and using the country to bring inter-imperialist conflict to the brink of war. Marcos continues to implement neoliberal economic policies and programs which serve foreign and local big business interests, intensify the exploitation of workers, and cause the economic dispossession, dislocation, and marginalization of peasants and petty bourgeois sectors. The quality of life of millions of Filipino families continue to deteriorate as a result of low wages and lack of income and rising prices of food, fuel, and basic commodities and services. Marcos ignores the clamor for substantive wage increases, genuine land reform, reduction and elimination of land rent, fair farm gate prices for pele, onions, garlic, and other peasant produce, greater budget allocation for health, education, and other social services, a stop to jeepney phase-out and land reclamation projects and other urgent demands. The Marcos regime is politically isolated and aloof from the Filipino masses. Marcos is completely out of touch with the economic difficulties and sufferings of the masses. This is made worse by his jet-setting and high-style living, which he does not make any effort to hide, using public money and the presidential luxury jet to fly to Singapore and other places. In 1972, Marcos Sr. imposed martial law as a declaration of war of the U.S.-supported neocolonial state against the Filipino people. Instead of stopping the growth of the New People's Army, Marcos Sr.'s military dictatorship and reign of terror only fueled further the People's Armed Resistance and served as the number one recruiter for the NPA. The Civil War has raged since then, during which time the People's Army expanded nationwide and waged guerrilla warfare in wide areas across the country. The AFP has waged all-out war and strategic offensives over the course of the past five years. It has prematurely declared provinces to be, quote, insurgency-free, unquote, only to be proven wrong by NPA armed offensives and encounters in these areas. The same tactics of state terrorism being applied today by the AFP give the people no other option but to fight back with arms. In the face of heightened political repression and economic suffering, the NPA is ever determined to fight for the Filipino people and carry forward revolutionary armed resistance against intensified state terrorism under Marcos. CPI Maoist CC member Sanjoy Deepak Rao arrested by police in Hyderabad. Hyderabad District, India, September 15, 2023. Officers of the Telangana Intelligence Department of Hyderabad Police arrested Sanjoy Deepak Rao, a central committee member of the CPI Maoist, near Malaysian Township in Kukat Palyan on Friday morning. The Telangana State's Intelligence Bureau has been tracking this high-profile target for a long time, said the DGP of the state, Anjani Kumar. Quote, a native of the Shivanganda Nagar of Ambarnath East District of Thane, Maharashtra, Rao got attracted towards Maoism having been influenced by his father, who was a strong communist trade union leader, unquote, the official stated. While he was studying B-Tech at Jammu and Kashmir in 1983, he and some of his friends supported the separatist movement of the Kashmir people. 
After returning from there, he initially worked in the Communist Party of India, Marxist-Leninist liberation. In 1997, Rao, along with Konath Murali Dharan, alias Ajith, formed the CPIML Naxalbari. Rao was made in charge of the CPIML Naxalbari Maharashtra State Committee, and Murali Dharan was the party's all-India secretary. Rao rose to the rank of Central Committee member of the CPI Maoist after the CPI-ML Naxalbari merged with that party in 2014. Rao arrived in Hyderabad around four days ago and was proceeding to Maud, Chhattisgarh, to attend a meeting when, based on specific inputs given by the intelligence department, Hyderabad police intercepted him on Friday morning. CPI Maoist courier taken into custody by police in Badradri Kathagudam district. Badradri Kathagudam District, India, September 15, 2023. Churla police have arrested a courier working for the CPI Maoist in Badradri Kathagudam District and seized pamphlets from him related to the Maoist party's upcoming week-long celebrations to mark the 19th anniversary of its formation, police announced to the press on Friday. The detained Maoist courier was identified as 20-year-old Kunja Umesh, alias Badru, a native of Polam village in Chhattisgarh's Bijapur district. Mr. Umesh was apprehended by the police at a vehicle checkpoint at Venkata Cheruvu area in Chirla Mandal on Thursday afternoon. Mr. Umesh was heading towards Patha Chirla to put up the pamphlets in the nearby areas at the behest of some Chhattisgarh-based leaders of the Maoist party, police added. According to the police, Mr. Umesh was earlier associated with the CPI Maoists, Bairumgar Area Militia Platoon in Chhattisgarh State. The CPI Maoists will be holding celebrations to mark the 19th anniversary of its formation from September 21st to 27th. CPI Maoist calls on intellectuals to demand release of CC member Sanjoy Deepak Rao. Pune District, India, September 25th, 2023. The Communist Party of India Maoist has condemned the arrest of its Central Committee member Sanjoy Deepak Rao, alias Anil, and appealed to intellectuals and human rights activists to demand his release. According to police, 59-year-old Rao is the secretary of the Western Ghats Special Zone Committee, or WGSZC, South Regional Bureau, and a member of the Central Committee of the Communist Party of India Maoist. Telangana police arrested Rao from the Kukot Pali area in Hyderabad district on September 15th. A case was registered against Rao at the KPHB Colony Police Station in Hyderabad District under relevant sections of the Indian Penal Code, or IPC, Unlawful Activities Prevention Act, or UAPA, Telangana Police Special Powers Act, and Arms Act. A statement reportedly issued on September 24th by Comrade Abhay, spokesperson of the banned CPI Maoist, condemned Rao's arrest and claimed that all cases lodged against him in different states are fabricated. As stated in the press release, quote, Rao has been unwell for some time and is undergoing treatment. He was not carrying any firearms, but the police have lodged a false case against him to put him behind bars, unquote. In its press release, the CPI Maoists claim that Rao is being tortured by police from different agencies in the guise of investigation. It also stated that police may harass some intellectuals and workers for allegedly providing shelter to Rao. Comrade Abhay has appealed to intellectuals, human rights activists, as well as revolutionary organizations to condemn Rao's arrest and demand that he should be released unconditionally and provided proper medical treatment. CPI Maoist Squad Attacks KFDC Office in Wayanad District Wayanad District, India, September 28, 2023 A squad of cadres belonging to the CPI Maoist have attacked the office of the Kerala Forest Department Corporation at Kambamala in Wayanad District. 
a group of our Maoists barged into the office at noon, destroying furniture, computers, a photocopy machine, a printer, and a phone kept at the reception counter. The squad fled after pasting up posters demanding that better houses be provided to the workers of the Kambamala Tea Estate Plantation. The Maoists shouted slogans demanding better houses for the estate workers who are reportedly living in asbestos sheds. Posters in Malayam and Tamil on behalf of the Kabani Area Committee of the CPI Maoists read, quote, Distribute plantations to landless workers and tribal people. Join the armed rebellion to escape from the wretched lives in the estate lanes to be an owner of plantations, unquote. The office manager and a worker were at the office when the incident took place. The Maoists, however, did not harm them. It is believed that the Kabani Dalam of the People's Liberation Guerrilla Army, or PLGA, is behind the attack. The Maoists had mounted similar attacks in Kerala State in 2014, marking the 10th anniversary of the formation of the CPI Maoist. Cobra Commando killed an IED blast triggered by CPI Maoist cadres in West Singbum District. West Singbum District, India, September 28, 2023. A constable of the Central Reserve Police Forces, or CRPF Commando Battalion, for Resolute Action, or COBRA, unit was killed and an inspector was injured in an IED blast triggered by cadres of the CPI Maoist in Jharkhand's West Singbum District on Thursday. As per media reports, the two soldiers, Inspector Bupender and Constable Rajesh, were part of a joint operation against the Maoists in the region. Both of them were airlifted to Ranchi for treatment following the blast. Quote, Cobra Battalion 209 Inspector Bupendra Kumar and Constable Rajesh Kumar sustained serious injuries in the blast of three IEDs planted by cadres of the Maoist Party in the hilly forest between Tumbahaka and Sarjamburu villages under Tonto PS around 12 to 3 p.m. on Thursday, unquote, said Ashutosh Shikar, West Singbum Superintendent of Police. It has been reported that Constable Rajesh succumbed to his injuries during treatment, while Inspector Bupender is in stable condition with minor injuries. According to Jharkhand Police IG Operations, Amal Vinukant Hamkar, quote, Today, two soldiers of Cobra Battalion 209 were injured in the IED blast triggered by cadres of the Maoist Party. Inspector Bupender and Constable Rajesh were injured and subsequently evacuated to Ranchi by helicopter. During treatment, Rajesh succumbed to his injuries, and Bupender's condition is stable with minor injuries. A joint operation by security forces is underway in the area, unquote. Deputy Secretary General PFLP, we must escalate the resistance to confront the occupation. Beirut, Lebanon, September 24, 2023. Deputy Secretary General of the Marxist-Leninist Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, Jamil Mezer, confirmed in an interview with Al-Mayadeen on Sunday that the Palestinian factions have no choice but to escalate resistance in the West Bank. Messer said about the meeting with the leaders of Hamas, Islamic Jihad, and the PFLP that the importance of holding the meeting in Beirut is, quote, due to the fact that the Lebanese capital is an incubator of resistance, unquote. The official said, quote, we are facing a grave danger threatening the Palestinian national cause, unquote, stressing that, quote, we must escalate the resistance to confront the occupation, unquote. Mezer pointed out that, quote, strengthening battlefront unity is important to protect resistance fighters against the occupation, unquote pointing out that, quote, the settlement path has brought nothing but disappointments and setbacks to our people, unquote. He said that the resistance fighters need protection in the face of Israeli aggression and the policy of assassinations, 
noting that the Israeli enemy believes that through raids and arrests in the West Bank, it can weaken the resistance. He continued by saying that all attempts by the Israeli enemy in the West Bank fail as hundreds of young people are joining the resistance forces, explaining that, quote, the operations that confuse the Israeli enemy are continuing and renewed on a daily basis, unquote. Likewise, Mezer stressed that, quote, the qualitative and continuous development of the resistance adds new elements in confronting the Israeli enemy, unquote, stressing that, quote, this battle with the enemy is long and requires accumulation, development, and gathering of all components of power, unquote. Mezer stated that the continuation of resistance in the West Bank and its escalation and development could force the enemy to retreat and withdraw, pointing out that the necessity of ending the security agreements with the occupation and submitting to the national consensus. He also pointed out the necessity of, quote, stopping security coordination to give space and opportunity for the resistance fighters to move without restrictions or obstacles, unquote, adding that Saudi Arabia is a central state at the level of the Arab and Islamic world, and its involvement in normalization will cause great harm. Quote, if Saudi Arabia gets involved in the issue of normalization, this will encourage other Arab parties to do the same, he continued. Earlier, Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman admitted that Saudi Arabia was getting closer to normalizing ties with the Israeli occupation in an interview with Fox News released on Wednesday, adding that if Iran acquires a nuclear weapon, quote, we have to get one, unquote. Every day we get closer, bin Salman said when asked to describe the discussions focused on normalizing diplomatic ties between Saudi Arabia and Israel. A recent report by the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs, OCHA, in Palestine shows that the number of Palestinians killed by Israeli occupation forces in the occupied territories this year has already exceeded the total death toll for the entirety of 2022. Israeli forces fatally shot 13 Palestinians in the West Bank between July 25th and August 10th, including three children, the report shows. Seventeen members of student organization of Baidia-led RCPN arrested by police in Kathmandu. Kathmandu, Nepal, September 22, 2023. Police arrested 17 students today, belonging to ANNISUR, the student organization of the Mohan Baidya, Quran-led Revolutionary Communist Party of Nepal, RCPN, in front of Singha Durbar, a former palace now housing government offices in Kathmandu. They were demonstrating this afternoon against the school education bill in front of Singha Durbar, the federal government secretariat complex, a prohibited zone for protest activities, said Kumo Dungal, spokesperson at the Kathmandu District Police Range. The arrested students, including ANNISUR coordinator Milan Rai, have now been taken to Singha Durbar Police Circle, 